Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I'm so glad you're here. I pray that this is the place where you will be encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents He has given you. If this is the first time you've tuned in, or if you've been joining in for a while, you are welcome here, friend. Okay, before we get to today's chat, I want to say thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Spirit-Filled Magazine. In April of 2018, Rebecca Hargraves had the idea pop into her head to produce a magazine for Christian women of all ages, stages, and backgrounds that would encourage and equip them to walk by the Spirit. She asked her friend and graphic design guru, Kayla Nelson, to come on as creative director, and in January of 2019, the first issue of Spirit-Filled Woman magazine released. I love that, y'all. The ministry is consistently growing to include a blog, newsletter, and shop containing mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, scripture cards, home decor items, and Bible study journals. They desire to equip each member of the family to walk by the Spirit in grace and truth. You can find out more at spiritfilledwomanmag.com or a follow along on Instagram at spiritfilledwomanmag. Okay, let's get to today's episode. It's episode 81, and my guest is Sarah Clark. Sarah is a sweet new online friend who I met a few months ago. I love her heart, and I'm happy that she is sharing her story with all of us today. Sarah is a wife, a stay-at-home mom to two young boys. What you will hear today is that at the age of three years old, Sarah's firstborn son, Grayson, was diagnosed with autism. She shares the highs and lows of her family walking through this journey. After hearing Sarah's story, you will be encouraged that whatever you are walking through, God will be near to you. Here is my conversation with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you on. Um, I think we met online. We're not in real person, in real life friends, but we met online <laughs> on Instagram through Nicole Cole that was on the podcast a few months ago. Yes. Yes. Her podcast um, episode was really good. She's great. And I um, love meeting you through her and following along with your journey. And so um, tell us a little bit about you and your kids and your family. Okay. Um, well, I'm Sarah, and we live in Olive Branch, Mississippi, which is right outside of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And um, I have been married to Adam. We will be married nine years next month. And um, we have two little boys, Grayson, who is five and a half, and Griffin, who is two and a half. Okay. And great. I stay home with them. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And I'm so glad that you have a friend that could watch your boys while we record this. That is so sweet to have yes. um, friends that can jump in and, and help out. So, well, I love that I'm talking to you in April. I love that um, hopefully we'll be posting your episode in April because it is Autism Awareness Month. Yes. And uh, we wore blue earlier this month in honor of Grayson and of all the children that have been diagnosed with autism. 
And I love what you quoted. I did a deep dive on your Instagram and or stalk, whatever you want to call it, deep dive or stalking. It's fine. Either way. Um, and I love what you said about Autism Awareness Month. I think you said it last year. Um, you said, what I've noticed and experienced is that we don't really need more awareness. I think most everyone is aware of autism. What we need is acceptance and understanding. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, before we had Grayson, we, I knew a little bit about autism. Like I didn't know a whole lot. Um, but the amount of children that are being diagnosed with autism climbs every year. Um, I think that now it's like one in 58. Um, and it's expected to climb even more. Um, I think like, I think I read by like 2034, it's supposed to be one in every two kids. Um, so it's one of those, um, those things that I feel like I've seen a lot more and maybe that's because I've, I'm a mom to a child with autism. So I Mm -hmm. see a lot of, of kids and, and adults too that have autism. But what I've realized in having Grayson is that, um, everyone is aware that, that autism is out there. I mean, right. I think that for the most part, people are aware of it, especially people in, in our life and people mm-hmm. who we come in contact with. Sure. Um, but what I've noticed, the older that Grayson's gotten, it's not as um, cute anymore. The quirks mm-hmm. that he has or the things that he does because of his autism. When he was like two or three, people thought that they were, you know, people out in public, strangers, you know, think that it's cute that he, mm-hmm would flap his hands mm-hmm. or make these noises. But now that he is five and a half, um, almost six, you know, out in public with strangers, um, it, it looks a little strange. And the, the problem that we've come into contact with now is when we're out in public, the playground, um, other kids, you know, not wanting to include him or making fun of him. It's those kinds of things. Mm. And, you know, when I'm at Target and he has a a meltdown Mm. uh, or he tries to run for me and I kind of get that, you know, Mm. that side eye (laughs) from Mm. someone. Yeah. Like, take care of your kid, discipline your kid. Mm. Um, And I just really want to be like, you don't understand. Right, right. And that's not their fault. You know, I mean, yeah, I think that that, and I feel like that is part of my, my job as a mom of a child with autism is to help raise that acceptance where people, mm. um, are more accepting. And I, there's a girl that I know, um, again, only through social media <laughs> and, um, she has a child with autism and she said, yesterday in a Facebook post that she was, I think she was at target and her son is a little bit older than Grayson. Um, and that he just had this full fledged Mm -hmm. meltdown. Um, and this woman came up to her and like went and paid for her groceries, helped Mm -hmm. her out to the car. Mm -hmm. Um, and was just so kind. And those are the kind of things that, that I, that I hope that I am for someone and, um, that I hope that we can all be. And so Mm. I don't want it to just be this month, you know, that it's only in April that, right. 
that we you know, talk about it. Yeah, because for those of us with kids with autism and with that are adults with autism, I mean, we live it every day. Right. We are aware of it. Mm. Um, I want Grayson to be able to live in a world where um, he gets the same job opportunities and that he is allowed those things because people are accepting of of him. Mm -hmm. Well, and did you ever feel like when you are, like when he is running away or or about to have a meltdown in Target, did you ever want to like feel, like talk to somebody and be like, explain a story to them? Like, do you want to be like, yeah, "Yeah, let me tell you his whole story and then you'll understand. And then you'll, you know, like I I could, I could see how I would want to do that. Yeah. There's, I kind of always feel this tension between wanting to share that Mm -hmm. in those moments, but also not wanting to be that, not wanting autism to be that thing that defines him. Like uh, there's always that tension when he is playing with another child that that, like at the park that we don't know. And I want to be like, Oh, he has autism. Like, Mm. but then I'm also like, I don't want that to be the, yeah, that's not his whole story. Right. Um, so yeah, there's always the, yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, tension, I feel. yeah, the tension, that's, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so let's back up a little bit of, well, when you had Grayson, and you're in the hospital, and everything is exactly like, maybe you pictured it, and then what, when did you start realizing that there were going to be some other um, hurdles that you're going to have to overcome, or that, that you're seeing how he is um, responding to things differently? Um, yeah, so we started noticing um, some things that were concerning to us when he was around 15 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was keeping a friend of mine. Um, she is a teacher, and I was keeping her little boy, who is the same age as Grayson. He's mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks younger. Um, and so I was keeping him in our home, and I just started noticing just some differences developmentally with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had also worked in childcare throughout college. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew like the typical development um, for that age. Sure. And a big red flag for us was that the words that he had been saying, which was only a few, um, mm-hmm. like mama, bye, and he would make like little animal noises. Mm-hmm. Those all disappeared. Wow. Um, it was like he just forgot got how to say them or it was like he never even said it um when I would ask him and so he also had some like repetitive behaviors that he was doing some Mm -hmm. um lining things up uh Mm -hmm. just very just a lot of repetitive stuff and then making eye contact uh he it was like he was looking through us almost like he was just looking at a wall Mm -hmm. um and so we set up an appointment with First Steps Early Intervention, which is a free service that the state provides um, for children up to three years old. And we had him evaluated. And they decided that he would benefit uh, from speech and OT therapies. And then um, we started that pretty quick. Mm. And he was, I guess that when we we had him evaluated, he, I think, was like 19 months old. So we started that pretty quick. And then having him diagnosed for autism didn't come until about a year later because typically doctors, um, they won't diagnose for that or even test for it until a child is two. The hard thing about this is that so many of those things that I just mentioned, like repetitive behaviors, um, slow, you know, slow to talk, Mm -hmm. um, a late talker, like 
some of that stuff is typical for, uh-huh. you know, kid. I mean, for that age. That's just mm-hmm. typical development. Yeah. Sure. But um, it was kind of all these things at once mm-hmm. and um, all of these things together that kind of gave us these red flags. And so once Grayson turned two is when we decided to have him um, tested for autism. Okay. I want to stop you here because what is your mama's heart going through right now? From the very beginning, you know, I really was like, this is autism. Even really. At, 15 months old, I was just like, this, mm. this is autism. And I don't, and I would kind of go back and forth. Like, you know, you want to believe like, Oh, I'm just, uh-huh. I'm just being like a worried mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be fine. But I knew like deep down and like, I was like, this is definitely autism. And this, it was the Lord preparing me, yeah. um, even a year in advance, um, for that. And, you know, I think I dealt with a lot of, um, and especially after we got him evaluated for early intervention, I remember sitting in that room with them. Um, it was like three other people in this tiny room and him, and he wasn't doing what they needed him to do um, to evaluate him. And I remember the um, lady sitting with me and kind of going over the results. And he was 19 months and she said, um, you know, he has the speech development of like a nine month old. Hmm. And I really, in that moment, like held it together mm. <laughs> in there. But I, I remember getting in the car and just sobbing hmm. um, because you don't want anything to be wrong with your child. Hmm. And to have someone else confirm that, hmm. yeah, there's some stuff going on um, really was like the knife in my heart. Um, because, all you know, obviously we would rather take anything for our kids. Like we don't want our kids to suffer. Mm. Um, and we don't want them to have a hard time. Um, so yeah, Yeah. definitely the Lord was preparing me. Um, and I remember going to that evaluation too, thinking like something, they're not just going to be like, Oh, he's fine. He'll be like, I knew. Right. Right. But just hearing that I'm sure was a heavy, heavy blow. It was a lot. Okay, so was that the time when you were just describing, was that when y'all got the diagnosis or was that just in the evaluation process? Yeah, that was just first steps, early intervention. So we found a place in South Haven um, to take him to, to get him evaluated for autism because he had turned two, we went and had him diagnosed or evaluated for that diagnosis in March. We went, it was kind of like this whole process we first went to a developmental pediatrician and they spent like an hour with us and they were like, yeah, he has autism. And I kind of was like, I really know that to be true, but I want a more thorough diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, and we had also just found out we were pregnant again oh, during wow. this whole thing. Um, the, like we found out we were pregnant and then the next day is when we had him diagnosed through the developmental pediatrician. Mm. And then, um, well, how was that? I mean, cause you're going through pregnancy hormones and you're dealing with, you know, things, the unknown. So how did you deal with that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the Lord, I, it, I, yeah, yeah. It just couldn't really, truly, thankfully, cause I was very sick that first mm-hmm. trimester. Um, and in the second, but it didn't hit me until a little bit later. Praise the Lord. Because mm-hmm. yeah. It was just like, I was just able to focus on him and what we needed to do. I think in um, like April or May is when we took him to South Haven and had a more thorough evaluation. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, 
if this is what he has, I want to know that yeah. I know that I know. I really wanted to do the best I could for him um, mm-hmm. and get him what he needed. It was over a couple of months, actually. And then at the end, like we all came together and she told us, yeah, he has autism. And at the time he had, um, he tested moderate to severe hmm. because he was nonverbal. He was two and a half at that time. So he was nonverbal and just wasn't responding to requests and, you know, all of those kind of things. So he tested on that end of the spectrum. Wow. Um, and so pretty quickly we started um, services there. And yeah, wow, was, yeah. <laughs> well, and I um, and then you started services as in like therapy. He would go multiple times a week. How yeah, so that? we started ABA therapy, mm-hmm. which is called um, it's short for Applied Behavioral Analysis, mm-hmm. and it is one of the um, the therapies that they recommend for children with autism. Um, and so we started him in that. So he was going. Um, to that, I would take him two days a week um, for two hours mm-hmm. each day that we went. And then we were still doing therapy in our home through First Steps Early Intervention. So That's great. That was, yeah. So he was getting a lot yeah. of, uh, of therapy, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. And we yeah. continued that. Um, the First Steps Early Intervention stops when they turn three. Gotcha. And so once he turned three, we stopped that. He was still doing mm-hmm. ABA. And then we also put him into our school system, uh, sped pre-K. And I want to go into the quote you also um, said about, you said, some days this back and forth to therapies and leaving him there for hours seems so weighty. And then the Lord gently reminds me that this isn't second best for us. This is the best, his best. Tell me when you wrote that what was going through your heart and mind. Um, and this was, you know, I think last year. Yeah. And <laughs> deep, so we've been I was doing deep this. diving. <laughs> <laughs> you were going way back. So this was last year and I don't know. I, we, so we've been doing this for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is going on um, three yeah. years yeah. of him being in therapies. And uh, I don't know there that day. I took him and that was when he was doing, so he did ABA therapy Monday, Wednesday, Friday from eight to 12. So I would drop him off at eight and pick him up at 12, those three days. Um, so 12 hours a week. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays, he would go to, he goes to the sped pre-K at school, um, for three hours. So, and I think in the middle of that too, we were doing like, I don't, we were, there's, there was like a season mm. where, I felt like I was just his Uber driver. Mm. So just everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that day I remember taking him and just, I was feeling all, I don't, just the weight of all of it. It just, mm. I, this isn't how we, this is supposed to be. He's supposed to be playing with his friends. We're supposed to be going and doing, you know, fun stuff, enjoying all of our time together. He's not supposed to be in therapy having to work. Um, mm. And so, and thankfully he, and this is just the Lord um, giving us this gift. Like he has, Grayson's always enjoyed going. Like he, it's never really been a fight. He, he's mm. always enjoyed it. And it's just That's a testament so to, to how great his therapists are. Mm. Um, so he went that day and um, I think I snapped a picture of him like walking with his therapist. Mm. And 
I was driving home crying. And yeah, the Lord was just like, this is not um, second best for you. Like, this is not just some plan that I had to come up with really quick. Mm. But this first one didn't pan out. Um, And I think that, you know, when we have our children and, you know, they're little babies and we're holding them, like we are thinking all of the the things that we have dreamed up for them um, and what they will become, what they'll accomplish. You know, we, we want our children to have these um, safe, healthy lives, you know, free of, of pain and um, of hard things. And, and that, and at the same time, we also want our kids to know the Lord mm-hmm. and more times than not um, there, the Lord uses the hard things and suffering and pain and, um, and all of those things to draw us to himself. And he, and we believe in his sovereignty. And so we believe that there is no plan B, um, Mm. that God, that his plan is still in motion for our lives and the overall arching Mm. theme of tension. Um, that's I have to remind myself of that often that Mm. this is not second best for us and that God is still working for our good and his glory um and those things go hand in hand I can't just have my good Mm. I have to also um be willing to have his glory no matter what that looks like in our life Mm. yeah yeah I love what you said about God's sovereignty and that this is not a surprise. He didn't have to scramble to figure out plan B. Um, It's your plan A. And I love that. Um, So how did you get to a place of acceptance of maybe the dreams you had of the typical things that you would do as a mother and son and a place of acceptance of his diagnosis? How did you get to that point? Do you think looking back Um, or are you still? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's still, it's, yeah. I feel like it is a continual laying down mm-hmm. um, of my vision of what being a mom um, would look like and a continual laying down of what I wanted Grayson's life to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, because like, you know, I said a minute ago, we, as mothers, like we want the best for our children. And sometimes what we think is best are things, you know, like good health. <laughs> you know, we want yeah. them to be healthy. We want them to have, um, to be successful and to be a good person, to be kind and all of these things. But um, sometimes that doesn't always line up with what the father says is good. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you, how do you go through, like if you are at the park and you uh, have something that happens where um, another child is not really understanding and accepting Grayson, how do you parent? How do you mom that moment? Um, well, so far for us, um, one of the things with Grayson, um, with his autism is that social interactions Mm -hmm. aren't, um, they don't always make sense to him. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's kind of been God's protection on him right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and probably on us too, that when those kind of things happen, like he Mm -hmm. doesn't get his feelings hurt. Right. Um, and he, he doesn't really understand what's mm. going on. It's more um, of you at this point right now. Right. Mm. It's more me being like the Lord's just like, be gracious and be kind. And because it's, 
I know the day is going to come and I know it's coming quicker than I would like where he will understand Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. what is going on. And I know that God's going to give us grace for that um, and walk with us in that. Well, Uh, and I love how you talk also about fighting for joy and I feel like mm-hmm. that's important in your heart as well as his, but especially in yours right now. I love how you wrote, you know, pressing us into him more and more and fighting for joy in the midst of special needs. How do you fight for joy? It's daily and sometimes it's minute by minute, depending mm-hmm. on the day we're having. Um, and, you know, I think that just being in the word <laughs> Um, and I, I feel like the Lord is just continually reminding me of my desperate need for him, mm-hmm. um, that I, I think being in the word and reminding myself again, that this is not second best for us mm-hmm. and that we are right where, um, we should be and that God is sovereign over all of this. And, um, I think having community, people around you, um, that will help you fight for joy, um, and remind you of God's goodness, um, Mm -hmm. is so important. We, I mean, I have, you know, a handful of people that I can go to that have been on this journey with us from the very beginning, um, and that have cried with us and encouraged us and cheered us on, um, and just pointed us continuously back to the gospel. Um, and so I think having people in your corner, godly people um, in your corner is so important. Because um, we can't fight for joy alone. Uh, and we weren't meant to. What myth would you dispel about autism? Um, so I was talking to my husband about this. Because, I mean, there are so many. Mm. And... I, and there's so many that are like controversial too, but, um, Mm -hmm. I think I was thinking about it just for us because I can't speak for everybody. Um, you know, if you know one person with autism, you know, one person with autism Mm -hmm. because the spectrum is so wide. Right. And, um, and for Grayson, he's moved along the spectrum. Uh, he was on the moderate to severe side and now he's more on the high functioning side. Um, and so I think for me and for us, one of the myths that we had was that like, he'll never be able to show empathy. Like emotions are going to be hard for him to express. Um, and the Lord has kind of blown that out of the water for us Mm. because he is a super empathetic kid. Mm. Um, and he is just the sweetest, kindest, Mm child and he is very in tune with other people's emotions and I know that that is all a grace gift from God mm-hmm. um, and I think the other myth because when we first got him diagnosed diagnosed like we really thought he's going to be living with us for the rest of his life um, you know is he ever going to talk is he going to have to use a device to talk and a lot of people live that um, we are our story is just our story. There are so many other people that have it so much harder than we do. Yeah, I think that the the biggest myth for that that the Lord has dispelled for us is that Grayson 
can show emotion and he can um, show empathy towards people. Mm. Um, and I think that the other myth that a lot of people believe is that depending on the severity of the diagnosis that, um, that these people with autism can't hold a job or can't have a job. Mm. Um, and even, you know, your, your most severe person with diagnosis deserves, uh, with autism deserves a chance Mm. at those things. What is your prayer you have for Grayson in his life? Um, obviously that the Lord would save him. Um, and I know that the enemy, um, would enjoy using autism to distance Grayson from the Lord and to use it as a source of bitterness and resentment toward the father. Um, but my prayer, um, is that the Lord would work in Grayson's life in such a way that he only sees how God has meant this for good in his life, that he uses Grayson to bring just so much glory to himself. Um, and that his autism journey is just one of the avenues that he uses. Um, and that even though this journey will be hard, that Grayson, um, on the hard days would just see the goodness and the kindness of God, um, even in autism. And, um, one of the things that I've prayed over Grayson's life, at, um, and also Griffin is Psalm 145. Um, and it just talks about just celebrating what God has done and how mighty he is and good and sovereign he is. And I just pray that one day that I would see Grayson um, believing that for his own life. Mm. So tell me, if you say that you had a friend that was seen that that her son or daughter was um, maybe being a little delayed in language or um, just noticing some differences that you noticed first in Grayson and you had them come over to your house and you had them a, a cup of coffee and you were sitting down at your kitchen table with them, what would you say to her? That it's okay to grieve and that it's okay for you to not be okay to talk to God about your pain and about how hard this is. And this is what I'd have, and this is what people have like told me and reminded me of. And the Lord has reminded me, um, just to take it one day at a time mm-hmm. that it, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the appointments and evaluations and tests and meetings, all these things that doctors are telling you, you need to like go and do. And you kind of feel like this urgency and there is like, in a sense, you know, you want to early intervention, especially for autism is, it's huge. And it's been mm-hmm. huge in our life and in Grayson's life. Mm-hmm. But um, it can be really overwhelming. Sure. And it can it can seem like really daunting. And so I just say like take it one day at a time. If you can only make like one phone call for that day, just make the phone call. Mm-hmm. Like if you can only do one thing that day, just do the one thing. God gives us grace for today. He doesn't give us hypothetical grace for tomorrow. Um, future grace is there, but we we don't have to, tomorrow has its own troubles. Um, so just for today, do what you can today. And God um, gives you grace for that. And, you know, he'll meet you tomorrow in whatever else you need to do. Stay in the word. And there, that has been a fight for me mm-hmm. over the last few years. Because, you know, in the beginning, I was really struggling with a lot of bitterness and resentment. 
and anger. And, um, we, I just compared mm-hmm. our lives to, you know, everybody around me who had kids the same age. Um, I really struggled with that, but, um, staying his word has been huge. Um, his word bring, brings comfort and his promises are true. Um, and in your grief and sadness, you can run to him. He says he's close to the brokenhearted. And I can't think of, a, you know, there have been other times in my life where I have been brokenhearted, but this truly, like, broke me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord has been near. And also, like I said earlier, having um, community and, you know, a few friends that you trust that you can share all of this with. Um, and all probably the most, well, top three most important <laughs> Mm-hmm. is um, being connected to a gospel-centered local church. Um, our church has been so supportive of us, and they have loved us so well. Um, one of the things that they did, I think it was the second year of his diagnosis, um, Autism Awareness Day fell on a Sunday, and I didn't know, but we got to church, and literally like everybody was wearing blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I wow. mean, it was like, Everybody was wearing blue, and it really, yeah, that was, that's huge. It's really good to hold it together that morning, Mm. um, because it just the, they they have supported us, and they have loved us so well, and they have loved our son so well, um, and just being a part of a body of believers that walks with us through suffering and points each other to Jesus, Mm. and just keeps telling you to press on like that, that's a treasure that you can't, um, calculate. Like it's just, Mm. it's been so good for us. So yeah. That's awesome. One more question before we, we go into the eat, read, love segment. But so what do you remind yourself of on the darkest days, on days that are a struggle and the enemy, enemy seems to creep in? What do you say to yourself? I have to remind myself I think that it's so easy on the dark days to just kind of let that take over. Cause I was talking to my husband about it last night and he's like, I don't do a good job of reminding myself of this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know I don't either. Cause in the midst of it, you're just like, you know, it feels so heavy. Um, but we, we try to remind each other and ourselves that this life is temporary and um, that we were never meant to be fully satisfied in this world, that the hard um, and dark days remind us, that I'm to be longing for heaven. Um, and then last night I read a quote um, about suffering and sorrow. Um, and it said, Christians believe in the goodness of God and they know that the arc of the plan of redemption is creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So there is a restoration to come. Um, and for all of us, which is for all of us, yeah. <laughs> we're all looking forward to that. Yes. And um, we're all broken. Right. And yeah, it's, you know, it's easy to look at something like special needs and you can see that, um, that there is brokenness, um, that this isn't how it was supposed to be, but I can also look in my own life Mm -hmm. and see that this is not how it was supposed to be. Um, that I have brokenness inside of me. Um, and God, um, is in the process of redeeming those things, but ultimately there is a restoration to come. And so just to remind myself like that one day sin, disease, autism, every other special need is going to 
like Jesus is going to take it all out um, once and for all, and that there won't be any more dark days for those um, that are in Christ. And the other thing that I try to remember is that he walks with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he will never leave me or forsake me because of what God has done for me uh, in sending Jesus to live the life that I couldn't live and to die the death I deserved, um, taking upon that wrath that was mine and then rising victorious over all of it. I believe that that's true. Um, like we're about to celebrate Easter mm-hmm. and you know, that is what God did for us. And, um, the wrath was poured out on Jesus and he died for all of the brokenness and all of that sin, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that I deserved. Um, he, he died for it and then he rose victorious, mm-hmm. um, over it. And I believe that that's true. And now because of what he did, I don't face anything alone. Um, like I don't have to, I don't have to walk this journey with Grayson and with my husband and with Griffin through autism or whatever else like comes our way. We don't walk it alone. Mm. Um, and, and so there's nothing that I can face that's going to be able to separate me from God's love. Um, and not even the dark days of autism can do that. Mm. So I think just reminding, yeah. And, and I don't, it's not like I just. Like that's, that's why it's so important to, to be in God's word right? and to be connected to the father. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if you aren't, then the dark days will consume you. Yeah. Now what, I want to ask another question. I, I, yeah. I was saying only one more, but um, what has been most surprising about this journey? And you say, you know, it's not all about autism, but about this journey that you have learned, maybe about yourself or about the Lord or a character quality of God that you have really, um, that you have really clung to. Um, what, what has been most surprising, um, uh, or most meaningful during this journey for you? I really think that the thing that has meant the most to me is, um, like what I just said a minute ago, that he walks with us. Hmm. I, it like, it, it, it really truly brings me to tears because it felt so um, overwhelming and daunting in the very beginning um, when we first got his diagnosis and they were like, this is what you need to do, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. get on it. But mm-hmm. it felt so overwhelming and daunting. But God did not leave us there and was just like, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like he, he provided it all. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he did it all. Like anything that we have seen happen in Grayson's life is not that God used the therapies and God has used the, you know, evaluations and all of these things. But, but ultimately like God did that. Mm-hmm. Um, God took a lot of, um, things that we thought we're never going to, we were never going to be able to do with Grayson and he resurrected those things. Um, and we've been able to enjoy a lot of things with Grayson that we didn't think we were going to be able to. And, and that is a gift. Like we, that's just God's grace. But I would just say like the fact that he walks with me every single day and he will never leave us. Um, he will never leave Grayson. Like I, I just, that's what I, that's what's meant the most. Mm. Um, is his presence because mm. his nearness is our good. Um, yeah. 
And that's what gets us. I mean, for anybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, any person who claims to be a believer, I mean, that's, yeah. where would we go? Mm-hmm. He holds, you know, eternal life. And where else are we going to go? Love it. So I think that's not the most. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Um, tell me a book or video series that you have watched or read that have really impacted you um, in this journey. It might not be specific to the journey of autism, but it might have just a book that really has impacted you in in a, a big way. Um, a book that I read, well, there's a book that I read and there is a book that I want to read. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, but also, before I say that, um, desiring God, you can like go to desiring God and type in like disability or disability in the sovereignty of God. And they did like a, there's like a bunch of articles and sermons about, oh, wow. <clears throat> about that kind of stuff. And it's not just solely autism, okay. um, just disability in general. And those, um, sermons and articles have been really helpful okay. to me. Yeah. Um, but a book that I read last year, um, was by Sally Clarkson mm. and it was called different. Um, yeah. Tr- yeah. The true story of an out of the box kid and a mom who loved him. Yes. And she wrote it with her son, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. And it, it was, a, it's really, really good. Mm. Um, just to one of like my biggest concerns with Grayson, um, when he was first diagnosed was like, I'm not going to be able to, um, share. I, I just was concerned that I wasn't going to be able to disciple him the way that I had envisioned. Mm. Um, you know, like sure. how you would with your typical, your neurotypical kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it was just one of those things I feared and, mm-hmm. um, that I wasn't like, he, would he ever grasp the gospel? Mm-hmm. Um, and truly, I mean, none of us can apart from the Lord. Yeah doing that work in our lives and God, um, you know, says in, in Deuteronomy that we're to teach these truths to our kids. Um, he doesn't say teach them to your, only your children who don't have special needs. Mm. I mean, he, he says, teach them to your kids, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, so that's a command and I can take God at his word that if, you know, I can be obedient to that, he can do the rest. Like he will do the rest. Yes. Um, but that book was really helpful just okay. to, you know, um, give, give insight, give insight. In, insight, yeah, and encouragement, and mm. just how she parented him, um, it was really encouraging, uh, so, okay, that okay. was a good book, and there's a book that I want to read by Andrew and Rachel Wilson, and it's called The Life We Never Expected, mm, okay, and, and it's about, um, just reflections on parenting a child with special needs, but I've heard it's really good, okay, uh, but I can't access to that one. Yeah. But, okay. But it sounds, it sounds good. It sounds yeah. good. Okay. So let's move on to my eat, read, um, love segment. And we kind of already talked about read, unless you have another one that you're in the middle of reading, but what are you eating, reading and loving these days? Okay. What am I eating? I love everything I eat. Um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> that's my problem. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of, a. I mean, this might sound really, uh, like basic, I don't know, yeah, but I, so we, you know, you know, we have a Trader Joe's now in, in yes, Memphis yes. and it's incredible and glorious. So yes. Um, 
But they have these, I don't know if you've had them, chili lime chicken burgers. No. Oh. I haven't had those. They're so good. Okay. And they're so easy. Um, okay. So I just, like, usually for lunch we'll eat one of those and, like, don't, like, just, you just cook it on the skillet. It, it is ready in, like, five minutes. Oh. Um, are they frozen then, or? Fr- yes. Oh, okay, they're yeah. frozen. And what are yeah, they, they get? Tell me again what they are. So they're um, chili lime chicken burgers. Oh, okay. They're so good. And I put a little bit of salsa on it. Oh, yum. Yeah, it's really good. So, okay. That's Trader Joe's. I like it. There you go. There you go. All right. I like it. Have you ever gotten their flowers? (laughs) Um, No, but I really want some because every time I go in there, they're beautiful. They are. And they're pretty inexpensive. I mean, I got a bundle for like $4, $5 the other day, which is pretty that is really good yeah Yeah. it is okay good what are you reading well we've already kind of talked about that but if you have another book you're reading or and what are you loving these days so I did just finish a book last week um that and I prefer so I have some of my friends make fun of me for this because I prefer to listen to books on audio yeah I don't I like no I've done that before I I have yeah I get it I can continue I think which this probably isn't a good thing, but I just can continue doing things. Uh-huh. I'll uh-huh. Listen, I don't know. I yeah, no, should... I do. Th- I'm all about it. I, in the car. That's what I've, yeah. I've listened to books before on tape. Yes. Or, so, TV, whatever. yeah. So I listened to this book and it's, um, by, uh, Tim, I think I'm saying it right. Tim Challies. Okay. Um, and it's called devoted oh. and it's a, it's called, um, devoted. And I think it's like the, subtitle under it is men or godly men and their godly moms or something like that. I can't remember. But it goes through, I mean, like 12 different men throughout history, like a lot of them that we know. Okay. um, And just talks about their moms and the role that their mom played in, um, in their walk with the Lord. And it's amazing. It's, it was one of them, it was so convicting. Oh, Just, yeah. um, they have like re- reflection questions at the oh, end of each chapter. Okay. That were just like, like knives. Oh, yeah. Heart, I think, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. but wow. that book, if you have a son, mm-hmm. if you have one son, if you have yeah. five, I mean, it, okay. it was so good. All right. It was, it was so good. I'm going to check that one out. That sounds amazing. I've, yeah. I haven't heard of it. That sounds really oh. good. I think I saw, um, like well-watered women, uh, Gretchen okay. Sapples. I think she posted like an Instagram story of it. Okay. Okay. And I was like, oh, oh, screenshot that. Yeah, it was. It okay. was worth it. It was so good. Okay. All right. I'll have to check that out. All right. What are you loving? What am I loving? This weather. <laughs> yes, it's so good, right? Finally, <laughs> this weather. I mean, just being able to. Um, I think right now I'm just loving the longer days mm-hmm. and you know, my husband gets off work and then we just go outside and play yes. and the kids that it just, it's there's the just something about this time of year and I always forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Until it rolls back around. Like uh-huh. I, I love too. Christmas, like Christmas is, oh, mm-hmm. I love fall. I, love, I just love that yeah. whole year, that, that whole time of year. Yeah. But I always forget how mm-hmm. good yep. this is. Now this I don't love like, the allergies. And right. Stuff. Right. That stuff hasn't been good, but, right. um, but just but yeah. being outside. I love yeah, it. Yeah. The longer days and mm-hmm. I just, it's been really fun. I love that it's sun doesn't go down to like 
after we are inside for bath time and you know like it's just the best that it's it not really at is. five o'clock now it's like eight yeah. o'clock <laughs> i know i love it it's so, so much good. better yeah yeah love it okay thank you so much for coming on the podcast sarah yeah. and sharing um your story and your journey and your continued story our stories are not um finished but where can people find you on instagram or on facebook um on instagram uh it's just sarah i think it's sarah and i can't even remember what my own instagram has <laughs> like name thing is sarah uh, uh underscore, underscore clark or in okay. clark. seriously i have no idea where you can find me <laughs> well i'll put just it in my show notes how about that <laughs> well and if people want to reach out if there is a mom yes. or a dad or a family that are and would love to glean some wisdom from you. Can they email you or can they um, get you on Instagram? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Perfect. I'll put all your information in the show notes. I would love that. We um, created, I say we, I did. My husband just goes along with whatever that I, (laughs) that I do so graciously, but um, we put together a hashtag when he, it was, I guess uh, shortly after he, we started this journey. Um, and I mainly did it just because I wanted to, um, just have like a collection, mm-hmm. um, of things that I could go back to on the hard days for me. Yeah. Um, but also one day, hopefully with Grayson mm-hmm. and just show him what God did yeah. and what God has done. Um, and, and I don't think that, you know, I mean, I think that you have, there are some people who don't, you know, want to share those things, um, with the whole world. And I think that, you know, to, to each their own, like whatever you, yeah, sure. you just have to pray about that and yeah. ask God for wisdom. Um, but I've really felt like that I wanted this to be a megaphone, um, for God's goodness and glory. Um, so you, if you want to follow that too, like the hashtag is Grayson's awesome, a U instead of a W awesome journey. Um, and I, I love going back through there too and looking at the people during April, um, yes. during um, Autism Awareness Day every year, like who have just rallied behind us and supported us and cheered him on and loved yeah. him so well. It's just been the biggest blessing. That's great. I love, yeah, I encourage everyone to follow your Instagram and uh, your hashtag. I think it is great to go and look and see of all, all of your supporters and supporters for his journey and for Grayson and the many other kids that are out there, but I love your hashtag. So it's great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. Um, well, thank anyway. you for what you do. Absolutely. It's a blessing and an encouragement. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Ren. Bye, Sarah. I was so grateful for Sarah to come on the podcast and tell us her story and just about Grayson and what they have learned through this journey. If maybe somebody came to mind, maybe a friend of yours that is walking through this journey similar to Sarah's, I would love if you would share it with them. I think it would be a great resource for them to hear in Sarah. Okay, guys, I'm excited about the rest of April and May. I have some really good guests coming up, but also I'm excited about the summer series. It is coming June 7th. I have some amazing sponsors, and you are going to love it. We're talking about the Enneagram, so go take that free test online, and then we're going to hear about each Enneagram number with my friend Michelle Dyer, and she's a behavior specialist and knows all things Enneagram, so we're going to be 
so excited. Looking forward to that. But I will see you next time. Until then, remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.